G'day and welcome to episode 92 of the Pot of Blokes, the, the West Coast Fish. Eagles first grand final. And yeah. to celebrate that fact, I'm actually in the old West Coast jumper today. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was a bad fit for me four years ago when I first got it. So, yeah, going to yeah. need the jaws of life to get me out of this thing. Yeah, so I was going to say, much like my good self, time has yeah. not served you well, but yeah. there's probably a, a, an innate sense of relief from our loyal listeners out there because they're actually hearing your voice. Yes, I'm back. And look, I've, I actually just want to start off today's proceedings by, I think, apologising for both my absence in the previous episode and uh, my, shall we say, scattered-mindedness listening back to episode 89. Um... To give you a bit of uh, context, I just bought my first house that day, um, about six hours before we did that podcast. There were a fair few drinks consumed in, yes. <laughs> in that, those next few hours. Um, so, yeah, kids, basically, my PSA is don't drink and podcast. Yeah. <laughs> don't drink and do a lot of things, yeah. but particularly... So, well, you can podcast on a buzz, but don't go past the buzz yeah, phase. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, we find that that's when we podcast best, is yeah. when we're in that buzz phase. Because listening back, trying to find a like a coherent sort of stream of thought in that episode, it was, yes, it was schizophrenic, shall we say. So I apologise. So GJ gave me a timeout. Yeah. <laughs> he said, nah, you've got to take, take the week's suspension, think yeah. about what you've done. So. Yeah. Uh, Although you did miss out on some, some, some tremendous discussion around Music Max's ridiculous top eights of the 1990s. Um, this is what they're reduced to when I'm not here, though. So and they just was, turn uh, the telly on and just tell, tell everyone what's well, happening. Well, it was just one of these things that we saw it and we are like, oh, this is going to be good fodder. And uh, there were some, some enlightening moments. Timbo, I don't think he'd ever seen the black or white film clip and... Uh, Nath picked it from straight away oh, yeah. when it first came up on the screen, yeah. and it wasn't because they had George Went being it was him being yeah. pushed through, and they they'd forgotten all about Macaulay Culkin, which provided I actually had to cut some of the laughter out. It was uh, <laughs> yeah, that was about a minute which and a half. Doesn't usually happen if I'm not in the episode. Yeah, but, uh, so no, well, no, yeah, it, I mean, it, I, 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 shout out to Nath. Nath was in good form that episode. I, it yeah. would have been interesting to see which one of us picked it up first then because to give the listeners a bit more backstory, Michael Jackson was very much uh, my first great love musically. I've had a few sort of obsessions throughout my life, but Michael Jackson was the first. I've had the Beatles, I've had the Police, Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, but yeah, I've still got the old uh, Dangerous and History and all the little cassettes. So yeah. Um, I, I can... I, Honestly say, I've never owned a Michael Jackson album and I never will. Oh, poor boy. I can appreciate what oh, he does. Oh, that's probably because it's all on Spotify now, no. though. <laughs> I can appreciate what he does, but not a, not a fan. Yes. Anyway. Particularly uh, when he's collabing with <laughs> yeah. Sir Paul. <laughs> yeah. The goddamn girl is mine. Uh, speaking of things that I'm not exactly a fan of, Fox Footy this year... And some of their innovations, and I use that term very loosely. Sinovations, I think we'll call them. Yes. <laughs> um, can we, a pity we can, can we come up with seven? Then we can say they're the seven deadly sinovations. yeah. <laughs> well, surely David King has just won all on his own. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, this... But this don't, just, just for the record, uh, David King, who tipped Fremantle to win the premiership. Fremantle currently zero and four. <laughs> So, Kingy, just Kingy, a little bit wider the market. Yeah, then. Kingy looking good there, looking good on that one, yeah. So, yes, but it seems like uh, inaccuracies are uh, something of uh, <laughs> the Fox footy special this year. Oh. So, I'm, I'm going to jump straight in. The Are you referring to the scoring thing that the came up shots, during the Western yeah, Derby? The Western Derby. Now, I was at the ground laughing my ass off at this, by the way, but anyway. It's a shame that Timbo's not here to do this in person, but as Matthew Pavlich was lining up for a set shot early in the game, they flashed up. So you've got the red, green, and red in the behind, goal behind. And you've got the yeah. numbers for each one, which is supposed to denote his career record from that spot. So the red figure was a one. The green figure in the goals, that was a two. The second red figure, so to the behind on the right yeah. side, was a 19. <laughs> <laughs> so Timo just went, what the 
That can't possibly be right. Either that or he's had 10,000 set shots for his career, considering he's kicked 600 goals. <laughs> so, yes, it was... Uh, yeah, a good well, moment. There was the one that I remember was um, I'm, I'm actually just going to get his career conversion rate because I think it's in the mid to high sixty percent. JJK Josh Kennedy was lining up for a shot at goal about twenty five meters out straight in front. Zero two fourteen. I was like. Oh, come on, that's, that's, that's just clear. Yeah, Pat must have gone to the same teacher. What's that's going on here? 25 out, no way. And then Mark Lecrae came up, another one who's a very good kicker as mm. well. Well, perhaps well, up until inside a couple 30, years ago. 35 metres anyway. Yeah. Um, and his um, came up, and I think his was like 0 2 9. And it's just like. And do you want to know the worst thing? That Lecrae one, that was the third of the three that came up. Yeah. And, you know, any sane human being would say on air, oh, well, clearly there's some sort of issue with our goal-kicking predictor today. But for that one, it was, well, but that doesn't, well, that seems a bit odd for him. But then, of course, he promptly missed to that side. So they said, oh, well, it must have been right after all then. So not only do they feed us this bullshit, but then uh, they try and actually convince us that it's correct. I'm going to say, I think the the one shining light from Fox Footy this year, Adam Papalia, alluded to the fact that it might not have been right, that it didn't seem right to him. But, of course, Derm... He he is expected to be suspended for those comments. (laughs) But, of course, Derm was like, well, the stats don't lie. They do if you get them wrong. Yeah, for the record, Josh Kennedy, 369 goals, 213 behinds for the West Coast Eagles. Yeah, I don't think he's missed too many from 25 out straight in front. Have just over 600 goals and yeah, Yeah. certainly not you know just over 5,000 behinds or whatever it would be. But yes. Yeah. Well, uh, we will jump as you said. The one shining light, Adam Papalia. It's someone who doesn't try to have any gimmicks, no nicknameification, no stupidity, no matiness, no blokey banter or anything like that. He sits there and he calls the game. Now, obviously, that's a precedent that they're going to have to stamp out and quickly because otherwise there's about 50 or 60 former players who will all be out of a job by the end of the year. Yeah, but... but, I remember he's been a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I do remember watching, uh, well, watching the, the derby. I have a thing at the football called Sports Ears, which actually allows me to listen to the TV broadcast while I'm at the game. Yeah. And there was a comment that <laughs> Dermot, but Dermot made a comment about um, sandlands and broken ribs, and Papalia said, "Well, you'd be able to tell us something about playing with broken ribs, wouldn't you, Dermot?" Derm, for once, Derm didn't actually talk himself up. I was shocked. But um, you sure there wasn't a problem with the sports ears there? Yeah, I don't know. But, but I think it was one of these things that it was actually a time when Doom could actually provide some semblance of mental <laughs> yeah, insight. Yeah, and he chose not to take it. <laughs> it's, it's, you know why though? It's because when he does have that opportunity. How is he going to, like, express it? What voice is he going to use? Like, he's already used his insightful voice for everything else, so he's got nowhere left to go. At the same time, I think it was late in the game, so he wouldn't have had the five minutes to actually go into great depths about how great he was as a footballer. Yeah, maybe maybe you could have done it as a haiku, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Just that, everyone, listeners, just uh, visualise the Dermot Brereton voice reading a haiku. It, it, the that's kind of what it is. It's a haiku reading voice, isn't it? Although, although I think the problem with you saying haiku to Dermot Brereton is, is that he's assuming somebody in the room's called Koo. Yeah. <laughs> no, Derm. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, so I mean, I've I've been really impressed with him. He's he I've seen him do other sports. He does the the basketball. Mm. Um, he's done the A League for a while as well, and yeah, he's a very he's very impressive. And I hope that they sort him out. So he's got a qualification other than being a former footballer. You mean? Yes. There'd who be knows? a lot of worried commentators out there right say, now hoping that this doesn't catch on. I'm just going to say, who would have thought getting a commentator to actually commentate would, actu- would actually work? It's oh. a bold strategy. BT's <laughs> head just exploded yeah. hearing that. Oh, big boy. Oh, boy. What, wait, is his, his name actually just McAvoy? <laughs> yeah. Seriously? <laughs> Someone check the almanac on that. Yeah. 
Yes. Um, so, since we last podcasted... I was just saying, can we, can we continue, continue this... I'll let you quickly check De- your sorry, check your messages. My celebrities. Yeah, so that's right. At the moment, it's Dad's just got to send a hot tweet out about something. Um, oh, actually, it's from Dermy. No, uh, delete. He heard us. Yeah, <laughs> he heard us talking about him. The other one is um, that they do. Is the Fox have come up with this oh. pressure gauge, which mm. they just throw up on the screen. The only thing that I've been able to work out from this pressure gauge, and keep in mind, I'm somebody who's Relatively au fait with both sports and analytics. Mm, yep. Um, the only thing I've been able to work out about this pressure gauge is that apparently if you're 10 higher than your opposition, you're an 80% chance of winning. That's the only thing that they've ever said about this thing, and they just slap oh, it up. Even that's the probably just something that DK is sort of whipped yeah. up on a chalkboard an hour before the game. Yeah, DK head, so, uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that, that, that's the thing, uh, is, and it's, there's a broader issue there, which is just how. how woefully badly statistics is being used by Fox 40 in an effort to try and be smart. And not just that, but the... Uh, yeah, Derm's not happy with you uh, getting rid of his uh, message. So he just, he just rang you up to ask you a question and you're out of the room for 15 minutes. And FYI, in case you're wondering, yes, his voice is just as annoying over the phone as it is yeah. in the commentary. Dan, <laughs> I was just listening <laughs> to this recording. I was actually worried that you, you fell asleep a couple of times. Although, I wasn't sure if you fell asleep or you just lost consciousness here. It was that boring. But Either way, it was a blessed escape. But maybe we should veer back to what yes, we so, were talking about. So what I was about to say, what's far more galling for me is not just the, yeah, the bastardisation of these statistics, but it's the, like, the presentation of Sir David King as some sort of esteemed mathematical scholar who's, you know, he's more or less the moneyball guy, uh, Michael, Michael Lewis, Lewis. yeah, mm. of the AFL, you know, a, a renowned intellectual. He's, you know, he's been published in journals. He's, he's spent his life studying numbers and working with figures and statistics. Yeah. Like, granted, of all of the knuckleheads they've got over at Fox Footy, it was probably just a case of, all right, well... Alistair Lynch, no, no. definitely not. Cam Mooney, no. no. Barry Hall, no. Although uh, no one tell him that we're not picking him in case yeah. King hits me. Yeah. No. Oh, uh, King hit. There's a thought. Brad, King. <laughs> Brad, Brad Johnson, no. Yeah. So people will be too distracted by his teeth. Uh, <laughs> Tom Harley likes this message. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like this idea that he's some sort of statistical guru. Just, just no. I, yeah. <laughs> I reject that notion out of hand. I do not accept that argument at all. Yeah. And the stuff that oh, I'm so the other one that I'm sick of seeing is the the Premiership window thing that they do, which shows you have to score more than a hundred points and you have to score less than eighty four points. And that's the other stat: the first to a hundred wins. Yeah. For fuck's sake, 90% of those games, only one team gets to 100. And the rest of them, if the other team does get to 100, it's probably late and they're 10 goals down. Case in point, last night, Adelaide got to 100 first, Hawthorne beat them. Stick that up your asses. (laughs) But that's exactly the sort of just complete lack of understanding of what the stats are actually telling you yeah. that they're just throwing out there and expecting the public to just remi- gobble up and accept as gospel. It reminds me of the cricket where they say, when this guy gets more than 20, <laughs> he averages 65. I'm like, well, yeah, because you just took out all the 0 to 20s, <laughs> which would drag his average down quite much. Actually, he averages 18. The According to the uh, goal-kicking yeah. accuracy. I was just gonna say, <laughs> I'm waiting for the day where they say, when this person scores more than 100, he averages 160. Yeah. So he must be better than Bradman. Yeah. But if they do that with Coley, the Indians would be all over it. Oh, but, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they've been trying to get Tendulkar elevated above Bradman for years now. So mm. if not him, let's move on to the next demigod. Yeah. But yeah, they've, they've really just... They've decided, I guess, what's going to set us apart from Channel 7 is we're going to have the insights 
the, the deeper analysis, the understanding of what these stats mean and how they predict the outcomes. Yeah, but they just completely good, ignored that last part. But well, anyway... No, but that's the problem. It works in theory if you actually do it well. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not. Yes, they're not. That, that's kind of all I have to say, yeah. Yeah. It works if you do it well, you're not. End of discussion. Speaking of, speaking of stats, Kobe Bryant's last game... Congratulations, Kobe Bryant, on uh, scoring 60 points in your last game. And also, congratulations, Kobe Bryant, on being true to form and jacking up 50 shots <laughs> to score yeah. set 60 yeah. points. He actually does have the Pavlich conversion yeah. rate. <laughs> Kobe Bryant doing it only, only the way that Kobe can. Yeah, averaging 1.2 yeah. points per shot. <laughs> It was actually very funny was he had the ball in like the last eight seconds of the game in the backcourt and two of his teammates were at the far end. And you could see him pause for a second or two before deciding, should I actually well, pass this? He, he, actually, he actually paused? Well, yeah. there you go. So that's, that's how he's well, evolved not we throughout his just, career. You know, we would have just yeah. jacked it up from 80 so, feet away. But yeah, it was... Oh, um, yeah, the 15-year career or however it was, that's how he evolved as a player. 20. Just the under pause. 20, actually. But um, there's a lot There's a lot of discussion about where, where Kobe kind of fits in the overall scheme of the things. echelon. Yeah. So we might... We might dive into that at another time when I've had a bit more of a think but he's I, yeah I, don't, I think I'll have to defer to your judgment yeah. I, I don't <laughs> rate him as highly as others do and there's a there's a few telltale reasons why that's the case mm. he he at his in his prime he was a he was a very very good player I will say that he's probably in the top 20 of all time but I don't think he's in the top 10 well, as I and say, people I... will people will have a go at me at that because most people generally concede that he's in like the the six to ten range so i could just try and pull some bullshit numbers and figures out of my ass to try and make some sort of argument about that but having just criticized dk for doing it yeah. doesn't well, well, i'm i'm really not yeah. i mean as I, my the extent of my knowledge is pretty much jordan yeah well at the top that's all that's kind of all you need to know that to the, the jordan at the top and then there's a bit of a gap. There's a few guys who are around the similar range. Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. So I've just listed five and, off um, the James, top of my head. LeBron James? Yeah, I think that James... Well, James is probably... It's hard to really put a put a mark on where he is because he's in the middle of his career at the moment. Mm. So it's probably unfair to say where he sits. But you could easily see him being in that range when his career's over. He's probably in the mid-teens as things stand right now. Um... But I'd have Tim Duncan ahead of Kobe Bryant. Thank you. Um, so that's that's kind of the thing that's always annoyed me is is that they say that Kobe's the the player of this generation, yet Duncan Duncan's won just as many championships. He's won more MVPs. He's played with one coach, and been very successful. Him and Popovich broke a record. I think it's they've they won a thousand games together mm. as a player and a coach, which is incredible when you think about it. Um, been a far better teammate. He's accepted a reduced role, and he's actually won more MVPs than Kobe. Kobe only ever won one MVP. So I don't know how you can be the best player of a generation and only win one MVP. But sort of a Kanye West style argument yeah. there, I'd say. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just I was just flashing back to my very first, the original PSA. Of don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> which was prompted by a discussion of uh, a few. Basketballer. So think, yes. what you're saying is, is that Kobe took that PSA to heart more than a lot of the other guys have. Okay, so now that Doomy's called both of us just to let his feelings be known, we'll get back to the subject. Uh, Kobe. Yeah, first of all, fuck off, less, yeah. uh, Second. Yeah, good call, yeah. had to be said. The thing about Kobe is, is that um, he's ha- he had a very fractured relationship with his teammates. Shaquille O'Neal basically got traded away because Kobe didn't like him. Um, Pau Gasol kind of was his whipping boy for many, many years, and when he first got the chance to leave as a free agent, he bolted. Dwight Howard played with him for a year and couldn't stand playing with him for any longer than that. He sounds a bit like the Stephen O'Keefe of the NBA. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a big like that, is that... Um, didn't ex- wasn't exactly loved by all of his teammates, which kind of made the the finale when all his teammates were out there <laughs> trying, to, much trying to show love. 
A little bit kind of stilted and fake yeah. for anything else, but I did notice that Dwight wasn't there. But mm. uh, but that's always such an issue with basketball because there's so much ego involved in that. Sport. And I mean that's, but I think that that's a big part of the reason why someone like Duncan has mm. to sit above him because Duncan was a legitimate superstar, three-time MVP. As some of the younger kids came on, and he's gotten older and older, he's taken a back seat. It's not beneath him mm. to go oh well you know I'm not as good as these guys anymore so I'm just going to play a role with these guys Yeah, Duncan's had several games this year where he's hardly played because the matchups didn't make sense for him to play he's fine with that he just wants to win and you know I'd rather have a, a I'd rather have start a franchise with a Tim Duncan and have Tim Duncan's career mm. than Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant's career I think I've posed this question to you before actually is if given a choice between one all-time star and four plotters versus, you know, five sort of decent-level players, Who, which which option would you take? I've, stars of course, win. forgotten what you, <laughs> how stars, you responded, so I, enlighten I'm me sure. once again. I'm, oh, yeah. <laughs> Episode 92, we're already through yeah. the reruns now. And I'm probably, probably yeah. going to... Myself, I'd be like Duano. <laughs> in case you in case you were late joining us today. In case, in case you just, <laughs> just join us. Join us the yeah. thing that worries me is, is that I'll probably contradict myself, but the reality is, is that you need the stars to win. It's, it's, a, it's a weird thing like that, is that... Just because there's less players on the court, a superstar player has a, a greater than incremental effect on what's happening out there on the floor. Mm. But having said that, you need a certain type of star. You need somebody who's willing to adapt and adjust his role to ensure that he gets the best out of all of the players around him. So it's kind of the argument of Michael Jordan pre-1988 versus Michael Jordan post-1988 with regards to that. Was Jordan was always a star, but... For the first five or six years of his career, he just did not understand how to use his teammates effectively to make them better and to make his life easier. Help me to help you. Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of that. Tim Duncan's had that from day one. Yeah. Mm. And the thing is, LeBron James has it, but LeBron James does some really weird shit. But you actually... <laughs> to put it bluntly... That should be the name of his autobiography, or at least the like blurb of it. Before, before the playoffs started here, he he's unfollowed the Cavs through the team he plays for through his Twitter account. There's just... And, you know, he just sends these tweets that are subtext and all these things. Is the, He shows you all the signs of a leader when he's on the court playing the game. He understands the game. He understands how to make his mm. teammates better. But at the same time, he just does all these these douchebaggery things, for lack of a better phrase. Although having to said his that, teammates at the same time. Having said that, Michael Jordan didn't play in the era of social media, so yeah, it's, oh, it's possible there was a lot of oh, that same sort of thing going on behind the plenty scenes. Plenty of stories around about Michael Jordan that suggested that he was far from the greatest teammate to play with, and that he was actually mm. quite hard on guys. Aaron Luke Longley was one person. Um, that he was he was apparently very very difficult to when mm. he um, when he was first playing with Jordan. Yeah. So it's it's not that it's the thing is but the thing is is that Jordan actually had Scottie Pippen, who was the perfect foil for that. He was a very team centric, team focused kind of guy. Yeah, I mean that seems almost come with the territory for a lot of these guys. I mean Bradman was. Much loathed yeah. by several of his teammates, you know. Michael Schumacher was, you it's know, a, he's it's always a, talked about it. He was a complete asshole, um, you know, to, to Barrichello when, when they were both driving for Ferrari. Um, it's a fine line that they walk. It, it almost seems like in order to be driven and determined and single-minded enough to succeed to that level, you kind of have to be a bit of an asshole. Yeah. I think that that's the thing. The thing that makes them successful, there's that trait in them that's that they that they're so driven, and they they kind of can't understand why yeah. other people aren't driven the same way. Yeah. Um, and I mean, look, the guys in the '80s, particularly like Jordan and Larry Bird in particular, that was something that they were <laughs> that they were. Um, Make no mistake, from... Magic Johnson. I will fucking end you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just crawling around with that yeah. Nick Clown there. <laughs> yeah. The um. 
The Adventures of Young Larry Bird, one yeah. of the best skits in the history of that show. Oh, it was the best skit in the history of that <laughs> yeah. show. There we there's go. He's so many. It. If you understand basketball, there's so many in jokes in there. Which I don't. That's, that's been clearly yeah. established. You understand <laughs> basketball and Larry Bird's career. There's so many in jokes in there that just make oh. you laugh. Yeah. Oh, for, for me, it's just yeah, Johnson coming up at the end, putting his arms around the parents. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fucking edge you. Yeah. <laughs> which is the other the other big thing about it but yeah so yes so the other the most important thing i wanted to discuss today because we haven't actually had a well at least a sober podcast since it happened um vale martin crow yes this is a guy who i, I will admit until Probably two or three years ago, I would have recognised the name. Um, but he sort of... His career probably ended just as uh, my fandom obsession, if you will, was beginning. Mm. Um, but, I mean, the the calibre of the articles that he wrote for Crick Info, and more broadly, just the, the attitudes and the approaches that, that he tried to... Um, I guess, promote in this day and age of IPL and, you know, million-dollar contracts for four weeks and that. You know, he was such a traditionalist at heart. He always wanted what was best for the game. Um, Yeah, a a very faithful and loyal servant um, of the game. A game which, you know, reading a lot of his articles, he said... um, consumed him at times. Um, There was one very good article after McCullum scored his triple century where he said um, getting out for 299 was uh, something he had carried with him for the rest of his life and he actually believed that that was what had caused his cancer. Um, so, yeah, a, a, a brilliant writer um, and, and thinker of the game. Um, I obviously didn't get to witness much of his career firsthand, so, but I know from what I've read, I mean, Wazim Akram rates him the best batsman that he ever bowled to. And you think of the other guys who were, you know, going around at that, at that same time. That's that's very high praise indeed. Yeah, I, I actually did see a fair bit of his career. He's a tough guy to get out. He's a, he's a type of guy that when you when you look at his numbers, people are going to look at his numbers 20, 25 years from now and say, well, he can't really have been that good. No, he was. Mm. He, he came into the team at, at a very young age, which will... Was, which would drag some of his longer-term yeah. numbers down. But during the, the mid-'80s to the... even to the early-'90s, if you were picking a World eleven, he'd be a walk-up start every year. Mm. Um, he was... And just a great competitor as well. Um, yeah. I mean... Uh, and just that he's an he, um, incredibly elegant batsman to watch too. Yeah, that's the other that's thing I've heard the, is that like, his cover drive was just a, a thing of sheer beauty. Yeah, um, um, and watching some of the highlights I've seen of him as well. I mean, yeah. I, the problem with highlight reels is that it's always easy to just pick and choose. Um, yeah. But, you know, some of the, just the stroke play and how correct he was in yeah. his technique and everything else, yeah. Um, yeah, when the day that you sent me the, the text message, I was... I was really upset when I heard about it. Um, mm. Actually, got a bit emotional at work because I made the mistake of um, reading some of the articles and that. Because um, yeah. Ian Smith, uh, who gave the eulogy, said if there was, you know, if I had to use one word to sum him up, it would be passion. Um, and yeah, he. They also said, you know, he was almost completely consumed by the game to the point where sometimes he almost had to step away from it because it was, yeah, doing him more harm than good. Mm. Um, you know, I sort of see a few parallels, you know, with myself um, in that. But, but it just seems like he he loved test cricket, you know, with all his heart. That was what he lived for. Um, and, yeah, it's a great, great loss gone far too soon. Mm. Yeah, it was certainly a... Um... Whenever you see things like that, I mean, even drawing another um, Vale, not quite in the same thing, but hearing about Prince yesterday was a real mm. shock. Yeah. Um, so Prince was only... He's the greatest basketballers of all time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he could have been yeah. in there, apparently. 
Yeah. No, after, game after blouses. The game, yeah, after the game, we serve pancakes. Yeah. Uh, one of, the Rick James Chappelle skit, um, Charlie Murphy's stories, always gets a lot of love, but I much prefer the Prince one. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's going to be controversial, but I, yeah, I, I much preferred that. But um, yeah, I mean, he was only actually, actually only here in Perth. Yeah, it was uh, a couple of months uh, ago. Uh, he was yeah, here at um, Crown. One of the, one yeah. of the girls at um, yeah, one of the girls at my work had actually gone to see him only a month or so ago, and it's yeah, it's it's pretty uh, pretty startling, isn't it? That bang, yeah, a month later he's gone. Um, and we sh- haven't sort of heard at the moment what exactly it was there's yeah. people saying it could have been a suicide or something mm. there's no but, sign um, of trauma but yeah I mean so. you're you're probably I mean even I'm a little bit too young to really talk about the mystique around Prince but um, there's uh, you know in the in the mid 80s in particular he had he was huge mm. like he, absolutely huge Purple Rain was just insane a phenomenon yeah um yeah, I was I was stunned to hear that. I heard him talk. Uh, the people were talking about something. They said, "What are you What are you talking about? Well, haven't you heard Prince Prince is mm. dead?" I was like, "What?" When I actually heard that, I assumed they were talking about Prince Philip. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So, I mean, on the plus side, hopefully yeah. he and David Bowie have given one of the <laughs> greatest yeah. gigs ever seen upstairs. Well, but oh yeah, well we know what it sounds like when Dove's crying now. <laughs> yeah. oh, yes, that was bad. I oh, know. Right, moving on from that. Um, um, the other thing I wanted to bring up today, Dawn Fraser coming out, all guns blazing at Adam Scott, blasting him for putting money ahead of his country because he's decided not to compete in the Olympics. This for me, uh, it's a very simple argument for mine. Oh. Golf is simply not an Olympic sport. Yeah. And the reason for that is the criteria for being in the Olympics, as much as we want to be you know, inviting everyone into the tent, the Olympics has to be the pinnacle of the sport, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's I, why tennis should not be an Olympic sport. You know, basketball. cricket should not be an Olympic sport. Golf should not be an Olympic sport. If you got to ask all the golfers in the world, would you rather win a gold medal or a green jacket? I reckon all, almost all of them, 95 percent of them, would say the green jacket. Yeah. If you ask a tennis player, would you rather win Wimbledon or a gold medal? We'll take Wimbledon. I don't like the way that these sports have just sort of been thrown in as an afterthought just to become part of the whole Olympic experience. Mm. When they've got their own, you know, their own schedules, their own events, their own tournaments already in place... And, yeah. I mean, the argument that's used often is, oh, it's to, to broaden the game, you know, and to advertise it to the world. Well, I would argue that the Augusta National <laughs> does a far better job of doing that than, you know, seeing these guys running around at the Olympics. It, yep. it's, Wimbledon yeah. does the same for tennis and that. Yeah, look, it's actually... I like, I like that. I certainly second your comment. I, I, I'm just going to take it one step further. If somebody's not busting their gut to go there... Then they, then that's that's a short that's a surefire sign yeah. that that sport shouldn't be there. And it's not just like as you say, tennis and golf are the obvious ones that stand out. I say the same about basketball, the same about soccer. They run a bastardised version of the comp- the competition at soccer mm. because that's what the World Cup's for. There's yeah. I mean, cricket was there, yeah, in the Commonwealth Games. Once yeah. now, there's talk of playing T20s. Yeah, there's talk of like there's that. talk of yeah, rugby. There's all these baseballs been in there yeah. in the past as well. Like, yeah, it's for mine. I think Fraser's just way out of line in her attack on him because, quite frankly, if if I was him and I, you know, I had to choose between my career versus some one-off jaunt at the Olympics, which doesn't actually really yeah. count for anything, like to say that he's putting money ahead of his country. I don't think that's what it is at all. I think that's just the natural, um, you know, order of priorities that every golfer in the world should have. Yeah. So I agree. And as I say, it's the same for the tennis, it's the same for the basketball. I mean, it's always a, it's always a story with the basketball about who's, who's actually allowed to play versus not allowed to play because, mm. you know, the thing is for these clubs, is, you know, they're hundreds of million dollar investments and, You've only got to look at what happened to Paul George a couple of years ago to show that, you know, there's there's significant risk associated with letting these guys do these things. And not commensurate reward, basically. Mm. 
Well, I mean, no if reward. You, if you got asked, you know, who won Wimbledon for, you know, the last 20 years, you could probably rattle off a lot of them. If you got asked who won the gold medals... Well, I, I think Nadal and Murray won. I can remember one Murray each, won the last. Before that, yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you, and yeah. I certainly um, wouldn't be able to tell you who won the women's. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I just think, yeah, it's, it's all just everyone just trying to jump into the bandwagon, uh, onto the bandwagon. Well, it's the more the it's more the it's Olympics. Just I just yeah, it's more the Olympics are just trying to trade off of these other sports. It's like well, mm. we need we need big figures there. So people will watch. Oh, well, what's the best way to watch? Well, let's put in all these events where people are already going to know who's the <laughs> people that are competing. But that's the, but the, the beauty of the Olympics is the unknown person who you've never heard of has worked his, the Stephen Bradbury type mm. stories. The bloke Eddie who's, the Eagle, those yeah, sorts. The bloke that's... <laughs> well, Bradbury, I'll talk about Bradbury more. The bloke who's worked his ass off has had all these things go wrong for him during his career... He's Who, pretty much devoted his entire life to yeah. making the Olympics. Yeah, and then all rather than it just being sort of a oh yeah you know might might take a couple of months off the European tour and, and yeah. head on over for that. See if I can pinch but, a gold medal. Yeah, yeah. yeah if I mean, not by winning it, then from one of the yeah. swimmers. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, well, you know, they're, they're, they're they passed out on still knocks. <laughs> exactly, yeah. They're having a, a still knocks net. Yes, it's. Yeah, I, I I have big issues with that, and Billy's Billy's heard our discussions. Billy's been very. I think, I think very... it might just be after some steel knocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not a fan of the steel knocks, young young William. But he's um, yeah he's been very disappointed as well because he's come he's made gone out of his way to come in and talk about this. Do you not like Dawn Fraser, Billy? Oh, he's, he's turning <laughs> up and walking out. There you go. That tells you Enough everything said. you need to know right now. Yeah. Yeah, so I just found it a bit sort of what the fuck does it have to do with you? Yeah. You know, different sport, it's the different era. Whole, There's like the mean, relevance factor. Yeah. And I think as a sort of a living treasure, you've got to be more responsible yeah. about I just, throwing those sorts I of I just think you've around. also got to be careful. Keep in mind, you got banned from the Olympics, Dawn, so... <laughs> Don't kill there. Just, uh, yeah... We'll just, yeah, we'll, we, we'll, do we let that slide through was to the she playing golf on the European tour? She might have been, yeah. <laughs> Someone should look into that. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, yeah. Um, what else has caught our eye in the world of sport? Obviously, I'm sitting here a very satisfied Hawks fan at the moment. Yeah. It's good to, for- know, good to know that that piss-up you gave for the umpires last year is still paying dividends. Mm. Yeah. 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 We should probably look a few of the other clubs. That contract I wasn't aware of. It must have been longer term than I yeah. <laughs> than I thought it was. I was gonna say a few of the other clubs might need to uh, invest <laughs> yeah. in that gravy train, so yeah. it is a sound investment. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously I think Baldy can't be bought though now. He's he's uh, got actually got a hawk tattooed on his left yeah. butt cheek. Between um, between you referring to Matthew Nichols, yeah. yeah. Matthew Nichols. Everyone knew I that when I said ball. No, Matthew Nichols and Max Stevick are lifetime members of the Hawthorne Football Club, despite never having played a game for them. Yeah, although they have picked up Brownlow votes for. Them. Yeah, well that's right. I just want to know if they've got a Brownlow medal. A uh, Brownlow medal? No, uh, maybe not a Brownlow medal. Maybe a Premiership medal. Something that all the pieces there. Yeah. Someone make something out of that because they were a pretty, they were a pretty significant part of the Hawthorne team the last three years. So true. Mm. Yeah, but um, I mean, the way well, I look at it is, last year we only got to, you know, we were on four wins after eight weeks. Yeah. This year we're on four wins after five weeks without. But I think the well, West Coast game aside, without having hit anywhere near even big gear. Being a bit, I'm being a bit flippant about all that. The reality is, my dad has always put this really, really well. He says if you're, if you're kind of the favoured team or you're a, a highly credentialed team, you generally get the rub of the green on all the fifty-fifty calls. And yeah, it, it's it's see Geelong. See yeah, Geelong. Geelong no, definitely basically two thousand Australian cricket team for. I was going to say see Geelong two thousand and eight through like two thousand and twelve. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Yeah, the Australian cricket team, exactly. Um, yeah. It's, it's almost, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, they're the better team, yeah. therefore they're expected to win, therefore 
the decisions yeah. should naturally fall their way. Yeah, that's right. They wouldn't infringe as much as the others, or they would are, are more <laughs> proficient at executing than others. And in the case so, of Luke Hodge, they're just not as courageous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the, right. The other thing I would like, to or, or they're not as, or they're, they're not as good blokeish. <laughs> If that is indeed a term, but we'll have to get onto the <laughs> Macquarie Dictionary oh, about that a, one. But, but he's a good he's boy. A good boy. He drinks rice, but he's a good boy. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, the other thing I reckon so far, I think um, Sam Mitchell has set himself to win a Brownlow medal this year. I reckon yep. due in no small part to the fact that he should have had two Norm Smith medals by now. Um, he's no clearly found. Yeah, he's he's figured out. Oh well, obviously um, that's just never going to happen. So I'll I'll just have to go all out at the Brownlow instead. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely should have won it last year. Oh, I reckon uh, the the year before as well um, against Sydney. Sydney. I yeah. thought when the game was there to be won, mm. he was the guy who just stood up for us you know there yeah. was Luke Hodge I wouldn't have I wouldn't have complained if Isaac Smith won it last year as well I thought he had a he had a when the game was 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 hot yeah he he did a few mm. things that really made a difference but yeah I, I at the time it's it's I remember we've had these discussions before I know it pretty well I say this person should win it but this person will win yeah. it <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, he's decided, and you know, to be honest, you could mount the argument he should already have a Brownlow as well. Well, he, certain, he might um, be he might be getting two Brownlows on yeah, Brownlow night. Yeah, <laughs> backdating. I just, I, I'm, I'd just be just a little bit of word of warning to Sam. You know, just just wipe that residue off the Brownlow. And also, when you uh, make signals of injecting yourself towards Essendon players, don't apologise for it afterwards, man. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> exactly yeah, right. Over the last eight years, that's been the one thing about... The one, yeah, Sam Mitchell act that I was just incredibly disappointed in. The apology afterwards. <laughs> I, was, I was glad he did it. I was watching yeah, it live, but I was like... Oh, he just said you need more jabs, need better jabs. I think it was... You need... Hey, guys, time to change dealers. <laughs> what was it? I, is it you need more jabs or you need better jabs? I can't remember exactly what it yeah. was that he said, but I was watching... Oh, it was all about the, the arm. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, the yeah. needle in the arm. I'm pretty sure it was well, you was need doing... more You need more jabs. Yeah. I think that was what he said. And I was laughing my ass off. My old man was sitting next to me. And we were like, we were just laughing, going, oh, he just gave it to those Essendon guys. Good on him. It's about bloody time somebody did that. So there you go. Sam Mitchell's. <laughs> but you're Sam Mitchell, uh, who's... Great uh, former great sledger. Yeah. 101 points last night in his debut as captain of my fantasy footy team. And you had to be gutted by that, because yeah. I was watching the game with He's Timbo, right. who also had him as captain. Um, yeah. He was low 70s midway through the second quarter, mm. from memory. Yeah. Um, and we were talking after the game, I reckon it was kind of indicative of how fantasy stats sometimes just don't show a player's impact at all. Yeah. He had a reasonable first half, but I thought like some of his pinpoint passes in the second half when the game was there to be won, I, I thought they were, yeah, his most important acts of the night. But, yeah, looking at the scores oh. at the end of the game, I was like, wow, he absolutely hit the wall. Well, as an Eagles supporter, you know, I'd take 20 shoey positions over 30 gaff positions. Yeah. That's that's just how it is with some players. Is that some guys really really hurt you when they when they get the ball. Hmm. Speaking of really really hurting me and fantasy captains, Romelu Lukaku, you my friend can go fuck yourself with a forty foot foot barge pole, forty foot goalpost perhaps. Let me uh, give you the the sequence of events, the tragic sequence of events. Sorry, no, I, I, I'm in on this as well because no, not as much as I am. Oh, let, yes, I let am. me let me finish. I'm sure you're not. Two I weeks. To, I know I lost, what you're going to say. I lost to the uh, bag man by a point because of Lukaku. Case closed. Yeah, that is pretty bad. I will give you that. So perhaps we'll tag team. But two weeks ago, Romelu Lukaku's got a double game week. I need to bring him in. There's only three forwards in my lineup: Harry Kane and Sergio Aguero. They're not going anywhere. So, I decided, well, it's got to be Vardy then. It's got to be Vardy. The double game week. Yep, well, I did the exact same thing. comes in. The exact same thing. 90 minutes. 
Zero goals, zero assists. Two points. 90 minutes, zero goals, zero assists. Zero interest from what I read. Two points. Jamie Vardy. Just the one 90 minutes for him, but two goals and three bonus points. Thanks for coming. So I was already a little bit peeved at him there, it's fair to say. Yes, well, um, those, those turn of events, I did the exact same thing, and those turn of events went to a loss to the bag, man, and that was enough for me to go, Lukaku, you're out of here. Mm. I stuck fat with him for another week. Didn't end too well. Another double game week, the following week. All right. At least this time I kept the captaincy the fuck away from him, but come on, Romelu, just give me something, mate. Give me something. First game. Does not play. DNP. CD. Zero points. DNP, CD, as they say in the basketball. Did not play. Coach's decision. Mm. The bloke sitting on the first spot on my bench. (laughs) Deli Ali. With a Jamie Vardy-esque return of two goals and three bonus points. And a clean sheet as well. Mm. 15 points sitting there. So, not only did Lukaku give me fuck all in the first week... But he then missed the first game in the second week. <laughs> and you were getting a little bit raised, excited. Raised my hopes of getting 15 points off the bench. Do you think he showed up for the second game? Of course he did. Second game. Deli Ali's 15 points becomes Romelu Lukaku's. 90 minutes, zero goals, zero assists. Zero interest. 13 points gone right there. So finally, that's it, buddy. You are out of here. Punting your ass right the fuck out of my side. When I go to do that, I learn, oh, he's actually dropped in price twice over the last 48 hours as well to cap it all off. And the guy I wanted to bring in, or was potentially looking at bringing in, Daniel Sturridge, was now £0.1 million out uh, out of my budget. Fuck you, Romelu. Fuck you. That is all. Just for the record, how is points, even if Lukaku wouldn't have played, didn't help you? <laughs> well, they didn't help me beat you, but I'm yeah. all about the overall rank this year, mate. Yes. I was, I've, I've just slipped back this week because, uh, yeah, a function of not owning Sanchez. Yeah. But I'm still sitting like 11,000th overall. Um, and in the ESPN, there's a few people who made some pretty significant moves. I think that what you're not taking into account is that you're still sitting on your big chips. Well, there's good reason for and that. I've got a semi-final against the Bagman looming large. A lot of <laughs> people, a two and five record against. A lot of year. people played one. Yeah, of they would. They would. They played probably bench boost. I would imagine this week. Uh, the week just gone. Yeah. So, um, I mean, in a. In a perfect world where I'm not taking part in a head-to-head league, yeah. I would have done what Mr. Owen Davies did this week and I would have um, triple-captained Aguero this yeah. week and would be using my um, yeah my bench boost in the, the upcoming double game week. Yeah. But, yeah, no, i definitely got to save that one for the bag, man, because, mm. yeah, as I say, 11,000th in the world, yeah. I think... Until a few weeks ago, I was combined 15-0 and 0 against you, Timbo, and Mikey's Meisters, whoever that guy may be. But against the bag, man, 2-5. and five. And that's having won the last game as well, in the midst of a 10-week period in which the bag man made zero transfers and <laughs> probably zero logins, to be yeah. fair. <laughs> no, uh, so. can, I, can, I, can I briefly lament about my situation? Which is just—it <laughs> is lamentable. It is lamentable. <laughs> I was actually showing it to one of the guys at work yesterday. I said, "We're in a, we're in a six sixteen comp where we play head to head." I said, "How are you going? How are you going points wise?" I said, "Yeah, I'm doing pretty well with that. I'm, I'm third on points." And he's like, "So how are you in the head to head?" I said, "Dead last, <laughs> and no chance of getting out from dead last." Yeah. And he went, "How is that even possible?" I said. I'm still trying to work that out. Well, I think the bagman's five and two record against me has a lot to do with it. To be honest, yeah, um, yeah, because that doesn't even begin to cover it. You're you're dead last now, but you've actually made up a fair bit of ground over the last month yes. or two. So it was even I was worse. Up until, like, uh, up until the weekend, I was still actually a chance of making the semi-finals. Yeah. 
But I was, yeah, I was like six games behind at one stage, which was just insane. Yeah. Well, for a very, probably like the first half of the season, the bagman was was well and true. Like, he was comfortably in second place. You know, more than a game clear of the chasing pack, despite having averaged between... 12 and 15 points less per round yeah. than any of the other teams in the league. I think he league. was 150 behind me at one point. Yeah. He was like the, five games ahead of me. Yep. So, yeah. There's the, the quirks of the, the yes. FBL fixturing. Yeah. Segway straight to the fact that I'm playing Timbo this week. I'm then also playing Timbo the following week. Well, I'm and playing... Given I'm playing... The, Given the way Jeez. the ladder looks, there's every chance I'll be playing him um, in no. game week 38 well, got, as well. Uh, I've got Tudor's chumps back to back. Yeah, which is the the the, the killer the killer blow to to end my season. One 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 of the few teams well, with an one attitude of, like that. I'm just yeah. say, one of the two teams in the league that have actually scored more than I have. So. <laughs> And to, to top it all off, the two that I'm chasing, who I'm a game behind, play each other back-to-back weeks. So I, I, there's absolutely no way I can oh, catch them. Yeah, you're desperately hoping for two draws there. <laughs> Even that's not enough. Considering we've had two draws all season <laughs> across all the teams. It, it seems unlikely. So I've got to say, though, yeah, if that all does unfold and you beat me in the first semi-final, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> I will be. I'll be laughing. So. Yes, but yeah, in yeah, Romelu Lukaku, you, you fucking bastard. Yes. And then what? Yeah, so, well, I'm sort of two well, to my own cost you, in the. I'm just saying he's cost you that. He's cost me the spot in the semi-finals. Mm. So, yeah, but I'm uh, somehow doing even better in the ESPN one this year. Actually, currently sitting five hundred thirty-fifth with a few weeks to go. And I've actually still got some transfers up mostly. Yeah, see, even William's impressed with that one. So, yeah. GJ's, I think, had enough of me just talking myself up here. I am starting to get into Dermot Burton ego (laughs) ego mode. He's just waiting for the... Yeah. You see, (laughs) the whole world doesn't need to know about your fantasy football problems. Oh, I reckon that was a bit too uh, exhilarating <laughs> for Derby. I was actually sort of partially prob- engaged. I was going to say, there's two problems with that. I was to the point. <laughs> and not blonde. <laughs> not blonde, and I didn't speak for two and a half minutes. Sorry, my, uh, can I wrap up with my favourite Derby moment of the last few weeks? Uh, interviewing Adam Simpson after the Derby, he said, Lewis Jenner played your best game for the club tonight. And Simo just went, well, fair crack, Derby. So he played two games with us. The look on Derby's face, they had to cut away very, very quickly. We should do that more often. Yes. So, yeah, but probably the best Derby moment and perhaps the best Simo moment since the uh, Cameron Ling interview after the um, Bramo oh, medal. He actually had another good one yeah. last week with Scott, like, when Scott Lysette got reported and suspended, which was no surprise. The guy, the, one of the Jedi said he's in trouble. There's no doubt he's in trouble. And Simo just went, were you on the match review panel? You've already made that decision, have you? Oh, well, we don't need to worry about that then. He says, well, I think he's in trouble. It's like, well, you know, how about we just wait and see what happens before we go jump into any conclusions? Well, Simo should be careful, though, because I believe if the coach does admit to guilt in the press conference, you do get a reduced sentence now. That's part of the new the, uh, MRP lottery. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows how that works. I'm actually surprised they got the Stephen May decision right. Anyway... Probably time to. Uh, right, yeah, Williams, Williams arcing up and see Dermy's yeah, back on the, the line. Is. So look, we. Well, I've got to pay. Have to roi- I have this. to pay royalties yeah. for uh, using Derm's voice. So oh, we're just going to go bash a blondie. <laughs> Shut up, dude.